Hello everybody, I'm Candy Marie, and I am so honored to welcome you to the Moving Up Together podcast. Now, I don't know if you're keeping track, but we're in the double digits. That's right. Today, we are recording our 10th episode of this amazing series, and I'm just in awe of the dynamic guests that we've had on this episode so far. And if you stay tuned, I'm about to introduce you to a few more. Now, just about every single episode, we've learned about the resilience, the strength, the creativity, and the soul of everyday people trying to thrive in their communities while living with limited incomes. One thing that we hope that you, our listeners, are taking away from this podcast is that our communities aren't going to just sit around and watch things happen. People are fired up and they want to change because right now the stakes are so high. And speaking of which, according to the latest data from the U.S. Census Bureau, more than 37 million people report that they've experienced poverty. Can we just like take a second and let that marinate? 37 million people. There are so many things that can be done to reduce and possibly even solve this problem. But too many government officials and policymakers, philanthropists, and big corporations are dragging their feet instead of actively seeking the solution. In the meantime, people who are experiencing financial hardships have to contend with negative narratives that they're lazy, that they don't want to improve their lives. But our guests destroy those negative narratives every single episode. So today, in this bonus episode, we're pulling back the curtain on the national nonprofit Up Together. It's the organization that created this amazing podcast. You're going to hear more about the work they're doing to change policies and break negative stereotypes in communities across the country. Joining me right now are three powerhouses that are doing the work to move our community up together. I want to welcome you to Up Together CEO, Jesus Herrera. How are you, Jesus? I'm so glad that you're joining me today. I'm very happy to be here and uh, excited to have this conversation with you along with Kofi and Ray. Very nice, very nice. And speaking of which, we also have Kofi Kenyatta of Together's Director of Policy and Practice. Welcome to the show, Kofi. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. And last and certainly not least, we have a female powerhouse, Mrs. Ray Oglesby, of Together's Vice President of Membership and Communications. I want to welcome the three of you finally to the Moving Up Together podcast. All right. Now, without further ado, you know, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about the work that you are individually doing for Up Together. Jesus, I would love to start with you. Sure. Um, so I've been CEO since 2017, and uh, the majority of that is keeping the organization on track uh, as far as strategy and working with the board for its general governance uh, and financial stability. And then on, on the other side, uh, supporting on fundraising as well as on our communications efforts, which the latter to me and, and this podcast being a great example of it is it's about helping people understand what our movement is and how they can participate. Okay. 
And uh, thank you again, like I said, so much for being here today. I want to uh, send it over to Kofi, if you could just kind of share with us about your role and, and the work that you've done um, for the nonprofit as well. Absolutely. I've been with the organization since uh, 2014 uh, in various different roles, currently serving as Senior Director of Policy and Practice. And my team's role is to support up together in advancing our systems change goals. We do this by working with our external facing team members and providing them with information, insights, and uh, advice on how our organization, along with our partners, can incorporate our strength-based approach into policy and practice. Uh, so we do a lot of research, a lot of writing. We lead some of the strategy conversations as well as meet with our local, state, and federal partners as well. Um, as I was saying, you know, if you could, Ray, just tell us a little bit more about the work that you do for the nonprofit. Sure. So I joined up together, uh, then Family Independence Initiative in February of 2020, right before our world changed. Uh, and I joined as the leader of the new communications team, which was just being developed. And so my team works primarily to promote and protect the brand and also to engage members. And most recently, uh, we were starting to lead the charge toward our narrative change so that people really get an understanding of the true lived experience of people facing financial hardship so we can start to really break down some of these false and harmful stereotypes. I love that. And I, and I love collectively, you know, how all the work that you're all doing make this powerhouse of an organization. And just to kind of break it down, you know, how would you describe Up Together and its goals? You know, if you were having a conversation with your neighbor or someone within the community that you want to get, you know, give insight on this organization, what would you say? Let's start with, uh, let's start with you, Jesus. Sure. Uh, so first, I, I, I would start with uh, understanding that poverty is a policy choice. Um, we have, I think, uh, as you've already mentioned and, and throughout the podcast, right, really being able to lift that we've built a set of policies that are damaging and hurting individuals who are facing financial hardship, not because it makes sense or it's the right thing to do, but because we've built a negative narrative about who those individuals are and that somehow they are the deserving of their financial uh, position, as well as in, in addition to that, uh, a racist system that uh, continuously disinvests in communities of colors across the U.S. And so with that understanding, what we do is to immediately create alleviation um, to um, those conditions by direct investment in people and their communities. Um, so that's first uh, direct money uh, transfers uh, into people's bank accounts that are totally unrestricted and up to them to use however they see fit. And then the second is uh, helping them understand the value of, or, or actually helping them um, lift how community is supporting them and put, potentially strengthening those relationships. And there's a, a sort of set of best practices that we share with them, um, as well as a potential to accelerate it through our online experience. So those two immediate things are happening. On the other side, what we want is we want systems change. And so we are uh, embracing and actively seeking systems change across the country. Uh, a lot of the work that uh, Kofi uh, can speak to is about how to be able to bring policies and practices 
to stop hurting individuals who are facing those financial hardships and starts trusting and investing in them instead. I love that. And immediately I could resonate with that, you know, simply because a lot of times when you come from these communities, being somebody that was raised in in these communities, I'm like, man, where was this organization when I was growing up, right? Um, You don't always see the value in yourselves. Hence, you don't see the value in your community, right? When you think about how do we heal our communities? How do we move up together? It first starts with self. You got to see the value in you. Then it spreads to your community. So I love what we're doing. I love that we're investing in each other, essentially, you know? Um, so I, I, I carry that conversation over to you, Kofi, if you can kind of lean in to that as well, because, you know, we're really all not that different, but the world will make, make us feel otherwise, right? Absolutely. Um, and at Up Together, we realized that a lot of the deficit-based systems and policies um, that we have in place aren't because of the individuals or our communities. Um, they are because of the systems um, that are in place. Uh, and so in partnership with our members, uh, we work to make the case that when you trust and invest in the people, when you provide them cash and resources, uh, they then begin to have the opportunities to uh, achieve their goals, not only for themselves, but also for their communities. Um, and our goal is to have a government that is responsive to just that. So a government that trusts and invests in our people. And as an organization, we we demonstrate what that can look like, mm-hmm. uh, as well as advocate for our philanthropic and government partners to do the same. I love that. I love that. Thank you. That's so important. And and uh, Ray, how can you add to the conversation just in terms of what would you say to somebody to to enlighten them on the work that we're doing? Sure. So I'll add to both Kofi and Jesus. So we are starting to uh, refocus on systems change. So it's not like the organization never (laughs) thought about systems change. We do recognize that we're one singular organization and we can only invest in, you know, so many families, so many households alone. Uh, And so really for us to scale and have a larger impact is going to take changing systems. Our belief is that some of the systems are such, you know, as Jesus talked about, some of them being steeped in racism and and some of these other things, but it's truly because my belief is that it's truly because some systems are made of people and people have um, embedded beliefs that sometimes we're not even aware of. And so you may work in a system and may not even be aware that you have negative perceptions of people who you're supposed to be serving or who are supposed to be your constituents merely because of how much money they have. So you may not recognize that you're treating this person who does not have a lot of money as if they are a child and need to be told what to do. Like you may not even recognize that. And so part of what we're trying to do is to get people to recognize some of the stereotypes that are out there, recognize some of their behavior so that that's really the only way that systems will be able to change. So how do we start to have conversations, deep conversations to shift hearts and minds so that the hearts and minds of the people, us collectively as the people, but then also the people who create and run systems can change so that we can all really, again, move up together. Yes. And that is such a great point, because, again, I'm just thinking back to, you know, when someone calls in and they ask for help and they're belittled and they're looked at as less than and they're not given the support that they need. You know, it's just we have to shift the behaviors in the way that people think. I agree with you 100%. Um, So with that being said, 
Uh, speaking of shifting and, and, and things that we want to create in terms of changing the way that people think, um, what do you believe is Up Together's biggest asset just in terms of, you know, what we're doing to make that shift and to help impact our communities? I can start and then pass it along to the others. Uh, our biggest asset are our members. Um, we, after COVID, I mean, so COVID was both a, a blessing and a curse in a sense, right? So it was a, a blessing because it allowed um, people who had not previously experienced financial hardships to experience the pain, it, you know, that kind of comes with that so that they can relate they could better relate to other people who, who were experiencing that even before COVID. So it was a blessing in that sense. Um, and it also allowed us at Up Together to be able to invest in more families and households and grow our membership. And so I don't even know what the number is today, y'all. It's like, <laughs> it's tens of thousands of people um, that are in our membership. And they are determined, as you mentioned at the beginning, they are fired up. Um, they're ready to tell their stories. They're ready to rally and organize with us. They're ready to uh, talk about how they're supporting others in their community. I mean, they're ready to do the work. We're ready to follow their lead. And so I see our membership as being our biggest asset. Yes, and we heard a lot of that fire throughout this entire season. And it's exciting because, again, people just need to see themselves. They need to know that they have value. And uh, that's why the work that we're doing is so important so that other people can hear other people's story and say, hey, you know what? I relate to her. You know, when I hear his story and when I hear her story, it reminds me of myself. I'm not alone. I can do this. It lights that fire definitely inside of you. And also, you know, it, it lights the fire inside of us that we are on the right path and that the work that we're doing, it's making a difference. Um, so. So many people within our community, um, within our organization, they contribute to this podcast success. Kofi, you came up with the idea to create this series. Um, what does it mean to you and how does it feel to see this podcast become a reality? It's, it's kind of surreal, but um, you know, as an organization, uh, we've always sought to uplift and provide opportunities for our members to share their lived experiences. Uh, we believe it's not only important to challenge false narratives, we also believe in the power of controlling our own narratives. Uh, and that's what this means to me, an opportunity for our members, our people uh, in our community to control their own narrative. Uh, it feels amazing to see something that was thought of years ago uh, come to fruition. Um, and really, that wouldn't be possible if not for the work of uh, an effort of a lot of people, uh, but especially Ray and her team for pushing this idea forward uh, and for our executive team and CEO uh, to give us a budget to do so. Uh, so it is really gratifying, fulfilling uh, to see just another avenue and venue for our members to really control their own narrative and really uh, make some things happen. Oh, my goodness. And I have to say, can we just please give Ray and, and her amazing team some more flowers? Because listen, the way that they did this entire thing, I'm just so honored and proud to be a part of this, to be one of the voices that help to move those stories forward. Thank you, because it is making a difference. We've humanized what it means um, to, to go through things, to, to say, hey, you know what? I'm not the only one. We've given those voices um, a voice, in a sense. Um, so thank you. Uh, Ray, 
can you just kind of weigh in on this just a little bit? Like, how does it feel? You've seen this thing um, start from, you know, from the beginning to what it is now. Like, I'm so excited right now. I, I can barely get the words out. But can you please just kind of weigh in and tell us what this was like for you? First, thank you for the flowers. Uh, and I have to share them with, with my entire team, but also to our members who were willing to share their stories in this venue, especially knowing that, you know, this is our First time doing it, you know, we're working out the kinks and, you know, all these other things, but we had, and we still have members who are ready <laughs> and willing to share their story. So I definitely have to pass the flowers along to them and to everyone on the team, um, including you uh, and the production team that people never get to see, never get to hear. Um, so thank you all. It, I think to Kobe's point, it is just really, um, it's surreal to me as well. It's just another way um, and I believe for, for us together, for us to reach people who we may never have reached before, you know, podcasts are pretty popular now. And so there may be people who would have never found, you know, our social media page or our website or, you know, engage with us in any other way. So I really appreciate uh, us having this particular venue. And I, I hope that it it helps to move the work forward to begin to change the narrative. I hope that it drives conversations. I hope people you know, walk away from episodes, either, you know, connecting in some way uh, to the stories that are shared or even, you know, questioning themselves and, and having conversations with other people. So uh, I'm just I'm just thrilled to be able to have another platform for our members to be able to to share their stories. Yes, because our stories matter. Our stories matter. Their stories matter. They matter, you know, and we can't say that enough. And speaking of stories. Um, Jesus, I'm sure you've had the opportunity to listen to so many of these great stories. Um, you know, what do you think? Like, what what was it like for you to be able to click and and to check these out? Like, how, how do you feel about this uh, podcast? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> we've talked about this in, in a in a couple of different ways over the years. And, and first, I, I love right what you just positioned right, which is all of a sudden everybody else gets to peek in. Um, to sort of a privilege that we have as a job every day, which is to hear, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of crappy circumstances across the country, but every day people are thriving and they're finding ways and embedding on one another um, to get to a better place. And and sort of the richness of those stories as they've come from a episode to episode have been, um, well, yet again, illuminating, but also... Uh, to me, the excitement is that more people get to hear it, more people get to see it. Um, so one of the, my more recent favorites would be uh, having uh, Julia Mejia, who was the city councilor in Boston. Mm -hmm. So I started with the organization uh, in 2010. And so she, I think she was in the second ripple of families that were enrolled. Um, and, you know, uh, being able to see the trajectory of those individuals who have formed these long-term relationship with us of trust, of, of sharing with others and bringing others along and, and helping them uh, shape the organization today. Uh, that's everything, right? Like that's, she is one of the many stories of how that has happened right. um, in the many communities that we work with uh, across the U.S. Yeah. And, and there was a boldness that she brought, you know, which was, was which was justified. And there was a boldness and there was a transparency and a vulnerability that we heard and a truth that a lot of us could resonate with. And so many other people are going to resonate with as well just by hearing these stories. You know, we can see our mothers and our fathers and our aunties and our sisters and our brothers 
in these people. And that's why these stories and the way that we're fighting for our communities, that's why it matters. Now, you know, some of the things that we did were very intentional. Actually, everything that we did was so very intentional. You know, for example, we were, you know, calling out policymakers and government officials. And I think that is something that we have to do in order to create that change. Because like we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we're trying to create a shift. You know, we're not doing this for nothing. You know, we want people to make a change and it has to happen. So how do you believe this podcast helps to shift those practices and those policies? Um, anybody, who, whoever wants to, to take it first. That's exactly right, Candy. Um, I, I believe this podcast can help shift policies and practices in a number of ways. Uh, the first of which I believe is by highlighting the great work taking place in communities all across the country. Um, the work and stories that we don't often hear about on the nightly news, but are extremely impactful. I believe that the, the primary interest group uh, that policymakers should be paying attention to uh, is the people. Uh, and sharing our perspectives and experiences should be used by policymakers to make more informed and community-centered policy decisions. Uh, additionally, I believe that the podcast can shift policies by getting more people engaged in the civic process. Uh, if we all do a little, uh, we collectively do a lot. Uh, and we heard from uh, our members the work that they are engaged in in their communities. Uh, and hopefully that inspires um, others um, that are looking to get more engaged, actually get engaged with the community uh, and make a difference. Yeah, like I, I feel like we should literally just hand deliver this podcast to the policy, to the policymakers and the government officials like, hey, listen, we're literally doing the work for you. All you have to do is just check out this podcast, like just listen to what our, our you know, everyone is saying. And, you know, so um, I, I agree 100 percent. Now, uh, as a follow up question to Ray. You know, what I want to know is, um, you know, after launching this podcast, you know, do you think that shifting the narratives and breaking the negative stereotypes, you know, um, do you think that, I mean, what what difference do you feel like that's going to make? Yeah, that's a very good question. And it's still too early to tell right now, but I can say that just based on just kind of anecdotal evidence that I've heard from our members and even some of our um, partners, it is this podcast at the very least is having is causing people to have conversations that they would not have otherwise had. And it's causing them to rethink some of the beliefs that they have had. So when they hear a story about um, a Christina, for example, right? Christina is is uh, one of our members who uh, was dis disabled at a young age and, you know, is now limited by what she can do because of some of the barriers that the disability system is placing on her. So when you have people who have never had that lived experience and who don't know, who don't know anyone who's had that lived experience, then hear a story like hers, it makes them go like, huh, okay, so it's not that the people are lazy or not that the people really want to be dependent on the government or any of these safety net systems is really that they don't really have much of a choice. And, and we're not allowing them to do some of the things that are necessary for them to do to get ahead. So while I can't say right now that, that this particular podcast is going to be groundbreaking and we want it to be, you know, and really help move the needle on, um, on people's narrative change and shifting hearts and minds, 
if we could just shift even a few hearts and minds, I think even that will make a difference. And, and I'll be happy with that. I agree 100 percent. I agree 100%. And that's why we have to continue to push this podcast and we have to get people to listen to it because that's all we want to do is just get people to think differently and to see things differently. Again, which goes back to the policies, right? Um, now, Jesus, looking ahead, can you tell us a little bit about some of the work and initiatives on the horizon uh, for Up Together as a whole? Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, first is this year. We just uh, launched a new strategy or, or the process of, of getting into our new strategies should take us to 2025. And at the heart of this is this movement building work um, through narrative change, uh, which means that we want to continue to grow in, in our investment in people mm -hmm. and their community so that we can get more of those stories, more of the understanding of what the impact of that direct investment has, has had so that those hearts and minds continue to change and grow. Um, and and I, I want to piggyback to Ray's comment a little bit and just say, too, like, I think the hardest part at times in doing this work is not the investing and, and, and being able to learn from the individual communities that we work with. It's actually getting people to believe that it actually works, right? Um, and that you don't have to overcomplicate it. You can just begin by, if, if you these stories resonate with you, if you are beginning to see uh, these individuals are not the exception, but actually the rule that there is so much resiliency, there is so much knowledge and understanding inside of the communities that we work with, then go on and, and look for it and learn from it in your own community as you're thinking maybe if you're a philanthropist or uh, somebody who has influence on the policy making, like it, that's, that's the beginning it is, is really bringing people back into the room, activating them and learning from them. Um, about what is going well and what could potentially then influence your own work as a result. And, and so bringing that back <laughs> to our work, that's what we want, right? It essentially is that we're, we're bringing those people into their uh, ears or into their eyes through video or whatever uh, the media medium may be so that they can begin to see how easy it is to understand uh, and the value that these these communities have and, and why then these systems have to change. So that's that's an immediate uh, step that we're working on this year and strengthening. And, and again, like people continue to be at the center of that. And then more long-term for us uh, is hopefully continuing to improve our technology, our ease to be able to, to make these investments in people, to learn from them, to learn about their communities. And, and really, you know, and I'm, Ray and Kofi, I'm sure, can echo this. Our job is, is to fade into the background. Uh, at our best, we're getting the heck out of the way and helping people concentrate directly in these communities, either through us or not, because they exist already. Uh, all we're trying to help them see is that you're asking the wrong questions. You're thinking about the wrong solutions. Both of those things exist already inside of our community. I love that. And does Ray and Kofi, do you guys want to add to that conversation? Uh, I think Jesus covered it pretty well. Uh, I echo all of his sentiments. Yeah, I, yeah. I felt like I was like, okay, I, I, I love where this is going. But, you know, just in case, because we a team, you know. <laughs> 
Well, just to, to continue to move the conversation forward, um, I, I definitely love what he said about believing, getting people to believe, right? Because that, that's where it starts at the core of everything. And I think that, um, and I believe Ray said this earlier, but, um, you know, what COVID-19 did was it really, you know, it created a even playing field for everybody, you know, to kind of start over. You know, it gave people the opportunity to believe in themselves again, to start over um, with all of the resources um, that people were able to obtain for themselves. And, you know, financially and speaking of fin- fi- financially, you know, I know it's been about three years now, technically, since we've had this global pandemic. But what impact do you think that COVID-19 has had on our perceptions around financial instability? You know, because that's something that some people are still struggling with. Some people were able to kind of, you know, um, find a way to kind of rebuild. But, um, you know, what do you feel like are the perceptions around financial instability today? I think the one thing uh, that COVID-19 really did was illuminate the importance of cash and choice, which are two of our pillars. Um, there was a, a moment in time where there was no government stimulus package and our philanthropic partners and our local government partners were coming to us to identify opportunities to put cash in people's hand. Uh, the thing that we've been trying to do for us <laughs> since 2001, uh, because we understood the benefit that cash and choice has on uh, not only a household's income, but also their wealth generating opportunities. Uh, and then as a result of the pandemic, um, that need was seen across the board. Uh, and so you saw things such as the expanded child tax credit or the expanded earned income tax credit. Uh, and many entities that you would have never thought that would be given casually people um, starting to do so. Uh, and so one of the things that we want to make sure that we don't lose in that moment is making sure that we continue to see the value of investing in people, not just because of uh, the pandemic, but also the pandemic of poverty, uh, which has lasted too long in the richest country on earth. Uh, and so we want to make sure that um, that same value system of investing in people remains moving forward and really translate uh, into some of the permanent systems um, that we work on establishing as well. That was so well said. I wanted to get around, walk up and run around my apartment because you hit so many great points. <laughs> Listen, and I think so many of our listeners, when they hear that, they're going to definitely relate to that as well. Um, Ray, would you like to add uh, to that? Or I'm going to ping pong it to Jesus and then I, I might jump in. Okay. I, the one thing that I would add, and, and absolutely, I think Kofi nailed that in every which way, is just to exemplify that best, which is to say that there was an, an, a, because people recognize, right, like the veil was lifted, mm-hmm. that cracks in our systems were craters, right? Like these, these uh, holes that prevented people from being able to acquire and build wealth. All of a sudden it was like, oh, now I get it because this pandemic is hurting them financially so much that the giving and the shifting of investment happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best way to uh, show that is in 2021, the earned income tax credit increase of $500 a month per kid uh, for any family with children um, lifted 3 million kids out of poverty overnight, literally overnight. Going back to poverty is a policy choice. Dece- uh, January, December 20, uh, I'm sorry, January 2022, 3 million kids went back into poverty because we ended that investment. And, and that, right, like is would be, I, I say, both the lesson 
and also the fear that as things continue to, you know, show improvement that, you know, people are, are returning to a new normal in, in that way is that we forget, hey, like it, it was pretty actually easy for us to address many of these inequalities. And yes, we're exasperated by a pandemic, but the conditions already existed and the tools are readily available. Why stop using them? Why stop using them? I, I, I think we can. We all should echo that. Why stop using them? You know, it was so easy for them to make some of these changes and these, you know, policy changes. Why are we stopping? I agree with you 100. And I'm hope I'm hoping that someone is listening to this podcast that can also answer that question. You know, why why are we stopping? Um, now, Ray, if you want to lean into that as well. Uh, so I. Agree wholeheartedly with everything Jesus and Kofi said. Uh, one other thing that I, I believe or that we all saw during COVID was community coming together to support each other. So you saw folks, you know, helping to take other people to the grocery store or like, you know, babysitting kids, if you know, because the kids can go to school and parents still had to go to work. And these are things that have already been happening like for years. But I think for some communities that may be more individualistic, it really showed the importance of community and why we all need each other and how we can all support each other. No matter how much money you have, you're still able to be of service and support others in your community. So I, I believe that COVID helped to kind of bring that to light for people who maybe never even thought about uh, the importance of, of community or community outside of maybe like their nuclear family or, you know, their immediate circle. Because it don't cost to support somebody, you know, (laughs) literally, it does not cost. I know a friend of mine, she opened up a school. She has like a a back room. It's kind of like a den in her house. She literally created an entire school with a curriculum, you know, for two years of the pandemic. And it worked because everybody was investing something, you know, even if it was just a little, everything adds value, right? So that I think that was a really great point. Um, thank you guys all for weighing in on that question. Now I'm going to bring it over to you, Ray. Um, can you speak to the type of role that the listeners of this podcast can play um, and that they should play if they choose to um, when it comes to changing perceptions and impacting the way that our communities are talked about? So my answer is in um, partly in your question. And you said, listeners. So I want them to listen first and foremost, like really like not just hear, right. But not just hear the words that people are saying, but really listen, internalize, take it in. Even if it wasn't your experience, even if you disagree, you know, with, with what they have to say, you can disagree with people's opinions, but their reality is their reality. Right. So you can't, that's not false, even though you may disagree with some of the opinions that they have. Um, but you can't disagree with someone's lived experience. So really just listen and take it in. Um, if you like the podcast, talk about it with your friends, ask them to listen and subscribe and share, leave a comment and all of those, you know, all of those things. But first and foremost, I really want people to listen and hear what's being said um, and think about what they can do to start making some of these changes that our members are calling for. Yeah. And even if you don't agree with something, still listen, you know, because I think it's great that we all don't agree. We should all have a difference in opinion because we all have different experiences. But if we come together, 
we can move up together. That should be a commercial right there for the podcast. I mean, I think Ray hit it on the, uh, you know, had the three points that I was going to raise as well. Um, but I'll just hone in on the last point she made, uh, essentially get active. You know, when you when you listen uh, um, to what our members are saying and you have the conversations and, and you share the podcast, uh, I would love for the listeners to reflect on what they can do uh, in their community. Uh, I think we all have a, a pivotal role to play in community development. Uh, it could be a small role, it could be a big role, uh, but I think everyone has a role uh, and it starts with uh, getting moving. I love it. I love it. I love it. So let's get active, guys. We need you to listen and we need you to get active. All right. Now, Kofi, in terms of changing policies, how can people get involved and ensure that each level of government is making good on their promise, which is very important because people are always talking, but like we just said, we need action, right? Um, so, you know, how can we make sure that they're making good on their promise to serve their communities in a way that doesn't overlook or stunt the growth of families living with limited incomes? Yeah, this is a similar uh, answer to the last question around what our listeners can do. Um, there are a number of things that people can do. Uh, the first step, um, as I mentioned earlier, is getting involved. There is no shortage of systemic challenges uh, that we face as a society. Uh, it's important for people to not give or get overwhelmed by the gravity of the situation, um, but identify one or two or a few areas uh, that they want to commit to uh, and get involved in. Uh, from there, you can begin to um, work with organizations. I think one of the most effective ways uh, to get involved is to identify organizations who are already doing the work um, that you are passionate about or you're interested in. In utilizing your unique skill sets, energy, and insights to move that work forward. Um, as individuals, we, we can't do this life on our own. Uh, and as a community, we can't build movements in isolation. So my simple advice would be to find other value-aligned individuals and collectively exercise your power and demand a government that is responsive to the needs of the people. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, this brings me um, to one of my last questions. Uh, and again, if you guys, uh, if you're, if you're truly listening, we're reiterating, you know, quite a few points because we're trying to drive certain points home. So again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this bonus episode. Uh, and this question is for all three of you. What excites you about the direction of Up Together and the direction that you're heading in this year? What are you excited about? Start with you, Jesus. <laughs> um, a, a couple of things I, I think, and, and sort of at the the most pressing is that we've talked about this movement building, about pursuing social change, and as Ray uh, earlier uh, stated, we've been doing it. But I feel like having a built an organization over the years that is now best positioned to do this work with a growing membership that we know will lead us. Um, you know, it, it's something that we've been pursuing for quite some time. And so, you know, our work is, is long, right? Like this isn't work of, you know, what we'll achieve by the end of this year. Um, and a lot of the policies and practices that, and the shift of attitudes inside of this country are probably gonna be for other generations to benefit from. And I'm, I'm totally comfortable with that. Um, but the 
when you get to see, oh, wow, like we've, we've made it through another milestone and now I can see what the next two or three will look like. And, and that again, is centered at the people and the communities who know best uh, how to be able to grow this movement um, and for us to stay out of their way in doing so, or, or at least play a small role. Um, I'm really excited by all of that. Right now, yes, the work is endless. It is definitely endless, ongoing. Um, Kofi, Ray, what are you guys excited about? So for me, I'm, I'm excited about the opportunity to work more closely uh, with our membership base. Uh, we have two um, exciting pilots um, that are taking place, uh, one in Detroit, one in San Antonio, mm -hmm. where we're lo really looking to uh, work more directly uh, with our members um, to achieve some of the system change um, goals that we have and to really change some of the, the policies and practices that aren't aligned with the values of the people. Uh, and so just really excited about that work uh, and laying the foundation um, for that work to continue and spread across the country. And I love that you said alignment, right? Because alignment is important. A lot of times things don't be aligned and that's why it does not work, right? So alignment is so important. Thank you so much for saying that. Um, and Ray, Come on, take us home. <laughs> no, I'm I'm excited about just telling more stories. Like I've just, you know, in my previous life, I was a journalist. So I've just always appreciated um, telling stories and recognize the power of stories. So I'm really just excited about being able to, to tell more stories and get out of the way. As Jesus mentioned, allow members to tell their own stories, just hold a microphone in front of them so that more people can, can hear that. Um, and also, as Kofi mentioned, really just engaging with them and learning from them about, you know, how we can collectively support their efforts to change systems and policies. Yes, because we want to hear their stories and we want to learn from them. And, you know, we want them to also see their value because their stories matter. And I cannot say, stop saying that enough. Your story matters. If you are listening, your story matters. We thank you for listening. We thank you for being with us. Um, and if you want to tell your story, you know, lean in with us, share your story with us because we cannot wait to hear it. Now, we're jumping into a segment that is one of my absolute favorites. It's called Free Game. Now, I always get so excited whenever this uh, we do this segment, Minna and I. Um, I'm a little sad that I got to do it by myself because she's not here with me. But you know what, Minna? I'm going to hold it down for you. Um, now, this is where we get intentional, right? We're speaking directly to the government officials, the nonprofit organizations, and the community groups about what they need to do, okay? So what advice would you give? Each one of you, I want you to weigh in on this. What advice would you give to them about people experiencing financial hardships? What do you want them to do? What do you think they should know? What advice would you give? Uh, happy to start. Um, I, I will say, you know, leave it all behind. Start anew. Uh, it really, to me, feels like it's way too antiquated, way too punishing, um, as well as um, it, it was never, it hasn't been built in a way that best supports our families and our communities. And because of that, it's doing exactly then what it was designed to do, which is to keep people struggling in poverty um, rather than to accelerate their mobility because they were creating it in spite of that system at all times. And 
you know, last time we checked, I think it's something around uh, $400 billion that this country invests in fighting poverty on a year-to-year -year basis through sort of the general budget line item that is helping human services. Put that in people's hands. It's not that it's not that complicated. So I I say that and I know it's like so that's sort of the, the big picture. You can begin to think about what you control and how you can free those dollars up. Don't think about that big bucket as an elephant that you have to eat immediately. No, you, you can cut it up in pieces. You can start redistributing those dollars in a way that will be so much more impactful and meaningful uh, to our communities. And, and I guess I'll piggyback off that because uh, uh, my vice is aligned with that. Uh, oftentimes I have conversations with individuals working in philanthropy, nonprofit government, and these individuals are maybe value aligned, um, but they are faced with a system or superiors or a board of trustees, a mayor or governor um, that maybe isn't aligned. Um, and they kind of throw up their hands and say, "This we, we can't do anything uh, because the system is the way it is. And so my advice would be for those individuals to realize that they too have power uh, and it, it, it may not happen um, in isolation. They may need to form coalitions of other staffers. They may need to work with like-minded organizations outside of their entity, uh, but don't just give up. You, we, we have power uh, and everyone has a role to play. Uh, and so if you see uh, something unjust happening or you are participating in an inequitable system, um, you have a duty, um, you have an obligation um, to make a change happen in whatever way you can. Uh, you can't just sit back and participate uh, in something when you know it's not right. So uh, get active again. Do something. Come on, get active and do something. Very well said. You guys are killing it right now. All right, Ray, you ready? Come on. My my response is going to be similar. It's just like, listen to people. Uh, a lot of the people who create the systems aren't impacted by the systems they create. So spend time listening to, talking to, getting to know the people who are in, who are most impacted by these policies and these structures that you are creating. Get rid of this this false us versus we. I mean, uh, uh, us versus them. It is all about we. So what impacts one individual? What impacts one community? spreads and it has ripples. So don't, it, it's not a, it's not a us and them. It is, it, it is us together collectively. So look at that. And again, this goes back to listening, listen, listen to the people. Um, they have ideas. They have, um, they're brilliant. <laughs> um, they have the solutions already. And so just listen to them. Um, and also from a, I don't want to get political, but I would just say, Pay attention to the people who you are um, putting in particular positions and vote for and support people who um, who support policies and systems that align with what you believe in and what you need. I love it. I love it. Thank you three so much for being here today. Um, it was an absolute, absolute pleasure to have this conversation with you. Again, um, to all of our listeners, these are the amazing leaders behind this phenomenal nonprofit organization up together. Again, like so many um, you know, of them have mentioned today, you know, we want you guys to um, be aligned with what we're saying. Uh, we want you to know that your story matters. 
also, we want to make a difference. We want to make a difference. Uh, what you can also do to stay a part of this movement, you can subscribe to the podcast. You can share your stories. You can share other people's stories. You can offer ideas and solutions as well. Again, thank you so much for joining me today. This is the Moving Up Together podcast. My name is Candy Marie, and I will I'll talk to you guys soon. Moving Up Together was created by the national nonprofit Up Together and produced by Creative Differences. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.